You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site. We're tracking all the free agent signings. A lot of stuff happening. We're still waiting on the Aaron Rodgers deal to go through here. Big announcement there on the Pat McAfee show that the destination is indeed the New York Jets. Just waiting for a deal to get done between New York and Green Bay to make that happen. Now, Lamar Jackson is open for business now because he didn't have an agent before. Now he can figure out what he's going to do if he can get an offer sheet and have a poison pill where he might leave the Ravens or he goes back to the Ravens. So we'll find out soon on him. Rogers waiting for that deal to go down, and we did break that down. You can check it out in our archives. Uh, we knew that was coming, so we broke that down for you individually. A whole show dedicated to him. Here we're going to sh- dedicate our show to the latest free agent signings and some more running backs and wide receivers Getting some homes here and then uh, looking at some guys that are talking to some teams. Look at the quarterbacks as well. We had a quarterback move go down. And then one massive, literally massive, offensive line move went down that's going to be pretty big for fantasy football. So looking forward to that for sure to uh, give you the details on all that and uh, what it means here for fantasy football. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. All right. So we look at uh, what happened in Carolina. So they've moved on from Dante Foreman. I would assume they're not going to bring him back. Chuba Hubbard is still under contract. He's kind of their change of pace receiving back. That's important. Because their new running back is Miles Sanders. So Sanders leaves the Eagles. We knew this was coming. We broke it down. They're moving on with Rashad Penny, taking a shot on his big play running, staying healthy, coming over from the Seahawks. They also re-signed Boston Scott and have Kenneth Gainwell. So they have plenty of depth. They need to save money on Miles Sanders. The Panthers give him a pretty nice uh, four-year deal here. So he's probably going to end his career here with the Carolina. He's a little bit older back. He was going to push him into his 30s here. They need a replacement, of course, for Christian McCaffrey, but Sanders is not that type of back. We know he wasn't involved a lot in the passing game. He had caught passes earlier in his career in Philadelphia, but that did not come to fruition last year where they trusted Gainwell more that rolled through to their wide receivers and tight ends a little bit more. So I think Sanders is going to step into a similar role here. Now, remember in Indianapolis with Frank Reich, he had Jonathan Taylor pretty much catching a lot of passes, But Naeem Hines, until he was traded last year, was designated kind of as the third down pass catching back. I mean, Sanders just didn't show a lot in that capacity. I think he can handle it, but I don't think he's going to step into workhorse mode because they like Hubbard. We'll see the evaluation there, see if they add another back in the draft here. It is a different style of offense with Reich and Thomas Brown from the Rams. And the good thing about Brown is that they usually stuck to one running back there. It just was revolving on who that healthy back was between Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. So that gives Sanders some promise that he can stay on the field for 15 to 20 touches per game, which is what we want out of him. The touchdowns we know are not going to be as plentiful. We know the Eagles were a scoring machine with Jalen Hurts up front, and we know it's going to be a little bit uh, lump-taking here with the Panthers, whether it's Andy Dalton serving as a bridge or that 
number one overall pick at quarterback starting right away. This offense going through a major transition. You have Reich and Brown coming in. Offensive line is actually the more stable thing right now with Iki Akonwu and uh, Taylor Bowden. But figuring out other pieces here, you lose DJ Moore, so that's a big part of your offense gone. You add Aiden, Hayden Hurst at tight end here. So just really looking at a different style of offense completely here. I mean, McCaffrey long gone. Foreman figures not to be back now. So you have Sanders and Hurst and uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. being key parts of what they're doing here going forward. So just completely no look. And so Sanders, will see if he can expand that receiving role. Otherwise, he's a bit touchdown dependent. He had a very good rushing year, but that was with an elite offensive line in Philadelphia. And again, a big scoring team here. So Sanders, we know, is going to be downgraded in this offense. I, again, the scoring is going to be down. It's just natural when you're going to go through some lumps and you have a rookie quarterback. So that's a little bit of concern. Again, the receiving yardage could go up a little bit to make up for it and the catches as well. We'll see what else they do here. But again, they like Hubbard in that role. They're not moving on from him yet here in this new scheme. So watch out for that. But Sanders, again, I would say... I wouldn't say a significant downgrade, but enough of the downgrade where he's more the RB2 line near the bottom here versus in that RB1 conversation, especially when you're looking at half-point, full-point PPR leagues. He's less valuable there at this stage based on his recent history with Philadelphia, so we'd downgrade him there. Maybe a few notches less in a standard league, but definitely significantly the loss of his value is going to be seen more in half-point and full PPR. All right, another move that happened, and we suggested possibly Ezekiel Elliott can land in this situation, but the Saints were set on their power back. They wanted a guy who could finish in the red zone and made a lot of sense to compliment Alvin Kamara with Mark Ingram being a free agent. It's Jamal Williams, so he leaves the Lions here, and that was a certainty with the Lions getting David Montgomery to kind of be a workhorse there. Let DeAndre Swift be the change of pace, but Montgomery is going to be your key back. So there's no way they were going to invest in Williams. There was a big rumor that the Bills were going to go after Williams to be that power back to replace Devin Singletary and compliment James Cook. But he instead ends up there. I mean, makes sense. Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift type of similar players here. Kamara's been doing it long. I think the Lions would love for Swift to eventually emerge into Kamara, that durable pass catcher that can get 80 to 100 balls a game. So there's definitely a parallel there. The Saints have that uh, kind of adjacent offense to Sean Payton and uh, Joe Lombardi, now who are both in Denver. So that made sense to have Jamal Williams there. And Lions have some of those concepts as well with uh, Dan Campbell. So all tied in pretty well there that would say that Williams goes to the Saints and plays off Kamara. Now, there's no way he's going to duplicate that touchdown number that he had last year. I mean, that pretty much boosted him into a valuable every week starter and uh, so did the injury to DeAndre Swift that hurt his durability but Williams there's no way he's going to score at that level again Kamara has been a pretty good scorer himself you have Michael Thomas back as well Chris Olave Juwan Johnson these are all guys that can score a little bit more in the red zone so that number is certainly going to go down he's not going to get all those goal line short opportunities there are some games where he had multiple scores from the one yard line and he had a 
actually a better offensive line in Detroit than he does in New Orleans. New Orleans is pretty good. We're not going to take away from that, but definitely a downgrade there. Definitely downgrade in the touchdowns and natural regression. So I'm looking at him more as an RB3 flex in more of a standard league situation. Definitely not as much uh, value in half point and full point PPR as well for Williams. So kind of power back. Sanders is a little bit more compact. Have some big play juice there for the Panthers so he can get some yardage that way. But Williams is pretty much a pounder here. Transitioning from Green Bay to Detroit to now New Orleans. The Vikings re-signed Alexander Madison. This was a bit of a surprise that he's going to stay as their number two behind Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has been shopped a little bit in trades, but no offer has been really great there, so that's something to look at with that situation. But Madison now remains the Vikings' number two running back for the moment. They do have some other guys they can look at, but the deal says they're going to keep him for that role. Now, Devin Singletary not getting a lot of interest. We mentioned him. The Bills may be wanting to move on from him. He would be the next back that you look at. The Jaguars might be interested because he would be a good complement there to Travis Etienne. So something to look at there for Singletary. That seemed like the most logical fit. Now, the Patriots made an interesting move. Remember James Robinson? Speaking of the Jaguars, he had that uh, role on lock for a couple years, but then came Etienne healthy, and that was it, and they traded him to the Jets. Well, the Jets cast him off. The Patriots signed him, so this is very interesting. That probably means Damian Harris is not going to be back here. I know Robinson's not Damian Harris, but they probably see Robinson on the cheap here to be a power back to help Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson is still the guy I'm going to target with some RB1 potential there because of his pass catching ability and red zone work, but interesting that they took a flyer on Robinson for cheap. So Harris, just the availability, durability has been in question, and we'll see if he can land somewhere there. But I'm really surprised Harris is still available as well. Singletary, given that Sanders and Williams are off the market now as well. That also leaves Dante Foreman looking for a new spot. Where could he end up? Could he go back to Tennessee as a backup? Or if they trade Derrick Henry, would they look at Foreman as kind of a makeshift replacement there? So something to look at there. But I think that was a big blow that they signed Miles Sanders. So we'll have to see where Foreman can land up now. It's hard because, again, they're transitioning away from the offense they had last year. So we'll, we'll watch Foreman, but it definitely suggests that Sanders uh, has pushed him out of there. Leonard Fournette, still a very good pass protector. The Bucks are done with him here, so we'll see if he can find another home. But the durability is really tough, and a lot of his uh, value was tied to being around for Tom Brady. And then another situation that's uh, still kind of on hold here, Nick Chubb may need a backup. So that could be a place for Foreman or Fournette to land. Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson still not re-signed for the Browns. I don't think either is going to return to Cleveland. So that's your running back landscape with the latest that's going on at that position here in free agency related to fantasy football. We'll talk about receivers and what's going on there in our next segment. Then we'll break down the latest on the quarterbacks as well as a big offensive line move to help a quarterback. We'll get all that covered in our final two segments here on Locked on Fantasy Football. We told you at the top that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And look, we're waiting for the NFL season to start, but these are going to help us with our futures, know what teams we like there later. But it's the second half of the NBA season. It's now the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet... On everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, there's a lot of good different uh, things that you can check here off. We just had a great uh, game between Phoenix and Golden State. We're going to get some bigger games as we go down the stretch as teams position themselves for the playoffs and then the play-in round. So all kinds of good stuff. There are a lot of good player 
props as well. You can do points, rebounds, assists. You can also combine all of them here for a chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. That's right. FanDuel is going to allow you to do that as well. And those are a lot of fun to play. And there's also some fun exclusive bets like the two by three. That's two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. So all kinds of little things that you can get in on the action there on top of your bigger bets. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA as well as the NFL and a proud sponsor here of the Locked On Network. Okay, we will continue the show here, breaking down the wide receiver move of note that happened there. And this is pretty much an interesting lateral move. So the Patriots lost Jacoby Myers, their lanky big slot receiver, to the Raiders and Josh McDaniels, where he kind of uh, grew into a very top prospect. So he wanted to go with McDaniels, where they have Jimmy Garoppolo, a rising team of Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Well, the Patriots need a replacement. The initial report is they gave Juju Smith-Schuster the exact same contract, three years, 33, but then uh, it was adjusted a little bit here to replace him. So big slot enters. So Juju Smith-Schuster leaves the Chiefs, cashes in. He did the one-year prove-it deal. He did prove it because he did get a multiple three-year deal here. So that's what he wanted. The Patriots, I don't think you can say he's their number one receiver. I mean, that's kind of disappointing if he is. I mean, Jacoby Myers, by default, was that. They need to figure things out there, obviously. And I think what's going to happen with the Patriots, and I've talked about this theory in a lot of places, that I think they're going to go more to those two tight end sets. And you would think, okay, they moved on from Jonas Smith, so they're going to go 11 personnel with three wide receivers. But I think what Jonas Smith does is clear some salary here to go after players such as Juju to upgrade wide receiver. It also clears the decks behind Hunter Henry. They failed with those guys that took a couple years ago in the draft with uh, Dalton Keene and Devin Aziazi. Those guys didn't work. And then they tried the combination of Hunter Henry and Jonas Smith signing those guys in the same time in free agency. That didn't work. Henry was okay in the red zone a couple years ago, but uh, the durability has popped up. So I'm thinking they're going to target a tight end there more so than a wide receiver in the middle of the first round of the draft. And that could be Michael Mayer of Notre Dame, who's got some Gronk-like qualities, or Dalton Kincaid of Utah, very special athlete. So I could see something developing between Henry slash Meyer slash Kincaid to be their new tight end combination here. So using more of the 12 personnel, the two tight ends, Bill O'Brien returning makes a lot of sense. He made that famous there with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. So that would make a lot of sense. And Juju Smith-Schuster would be the primary inside target. So maybe working inside-outside, that would be to the strengths of Mac Jones, short to intermediate routes, throwing there versus forcing the ball downfield. And also you get those two tight end sets that also help you in the running game. So that's why I would lean toward Mayer because you get – Mayor in with uh, Hunter Henry, they can both block in line and set things up for the running game for now James Robinson in the mix with Ramondre Stevenson. So Patriots like to zig when others zag, so I think a 12 personnel would make a lot of sense, get that blocking going, get the running game downhill, and really help uh, the versatility of the passing game inside. All right, uh, another player that's getting some attention, DJ Chark. The Giants are thinking about him. So far, they've only made the move for Darren Waller. It's a little bit of flyer tight end, but they've re-signed Sterling Shepard, but not much to see there. So Chark would be the next guy that's available. Paris Campbell might return to the Colts. I thought the Panthers might be a little bit more serious. It could happen still with Frank Reich there. 
But Paris Campbell, really dynamic slot with speed and quickness when healthy. I think he'll be looked at next here. Adam Thielen was thinking about the Panthers. The Panthers do need receiving help after DJ Moore was traded. So Thielen not going to return to Minnesota. We know that after being cut. But I think he's still very valuable as a big slot himself. Uh, very good in the red zone. Good route runner. Reliable hands. So Adam Thielen, I think, is going to end up in a pretty good spot here. Just going to wait and see for that one to materialize. Maybe it's Atlanta where you look at uh, Drake London. And Kyle Pitts maybe get that third target here without uh, Calvin Ridley in the mix anymore. So something to look at for sure. Odell Beckham Jr. had some good workouts. Uh, interesting that uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't make his demands. That's what he said on the Pat McAfee show about wanting Beckham with the Jets. Now Beckham, I think he just wants too much money at this point coming off the knee injuries to get some legitimate looks here so he's got to lower his price i don't think he's a 10 million dollar receiver if he's going after that money he's i think the reports where he's going after 20 million he's not even going to get 10 for a single year here so that's something to look at julio jones and marvin jones the end of the line could be happier than them miko hardman now could return to the chiefs with juju on the move here richie james we'll see if they bring back the slot to the giants here they did already sign isaiah hodgins so he's back marcus robinson we'll see if the ravens bring him back i think they're still waiting to see what happens with Mar Jackson and other receivers that I like. DeAndre Carter, the Chargers, uh, probably going to move on from him as a middle of the field, change of pace guy with uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Matt Collins still has some playing ability here, but the Raiders have displaced him with Myers there with Renfro and Adams. And Jarvis Landry could be the end of the line for him. So all these old receivers that we relied upon in fantasy football, it just could be their time to end it here. So. Yeah, a lot of receiving depth out there, but it's really drying up after uh, yeah, Juju and Jacoby Myers and Al Lazard go to the Jets. There's not a lot out there. And then we talked about some of the big na bigger names there, Char Campbell and Thielen. That you're looking at Beckham, I, I just don't think he's going to get the deal he wants, and that's going to really hurt him. So make sure you're checking out all the great shows here on the Lockdown Work. Don't, don't forget about Lockdown NFL Draft here, breaking down the latest from... The prospects as we go into the pro day schedule, heavy in the pro day schedule. We're still waiting for the big ones near the end of the month with Alabama and Florida and what is going to happen with Will Levis of Kentucky. So a lot of things are happening in the next few weeks here as we have a different type of madness there with the pro days. So check it out, Locked NFL Draft here on the network. All right, it is time to close the show and look at the most uh, – Notable quarterback things that are happening in free agency right now, as well as a key offensive line move that really is great for a quarterback that is established here in the league. Lamar Jackson, we should get some action on him a little bit. I think the Colts might be circling the wagons to make a run on him. They've cut some salary here with the Stephon Gilmore trade. Adding some pieces there that would say they're going all in for a run here to break this. They have the number four overall pick, so that's the decision they need to make. Take the quarter, best quarterback available there, whether it's Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or Bryce Young at number four and go that direction or take Lamar Jackson, give up that pick to the Ravens and uh, move on from there as part of that deal. So something to look at and seeing how willing they are to pay Lamar Jackson. But it would make a lot of sense now. The Panthers are set with their quarterback situation. The Jets are obviously set. The Raiders are looking good. So less and less landing spots, aggressive guys that would go after Jackson other than the Colts. The Commanders are out of that mix. They they declared themselves out early and they said they were adamant about Sam Howell being their starting quarterback, but you can't just go in with Sam Howell, much like the Falcons didn't go in with Desmond Ritter. 
only. They took uh, former Commanders quarterback Taylor Heineke. Here the Commanders land Jacoby Brissett. So Brissett goes from Miami to Cleveland to now Washington. Brissett had a very good season last year, getting the ball to Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So they saw that potentially here with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and facilitating these receivers. He's a big, strong guy. Can uh, run well beyond their offensive line, which is upgraded with uh, now Andrew Wiley playing right tackle with Charles Leno Jr. So looking at this, it's a very good uh, situation for Brissett because I think Sam Howell, look, the jury's still out. They want to take a good look at him, but there's a reason he slipped in the draft after being once a first-rounder. So Brissett is the ultimate bridge right now. He's kind of replaced Teddy Bridgewater in that role, hasn't he? And some of these other guys as well, Andy Dalton in that same role, and uh, Heineke might be transitioning to that. So very interesting. I think it's these stable, scheme, versatile quarterbacks that are going to do what you need to do, not going to try to be the hero, trying to facilitate the playmakers. And these guys really fit in well as Bridges because they're also going to mentor and help that young quarterback clipboard in the quarterback room. So I think Brissett can be an excellent influence with all his schematic knowledge there. For Sam Howell and if Howell goes there. So Brissett and Howell should battle. We'll have Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask battle. We should have Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke battle. So some of these lower end fantasy battles. But you want some facilitators. And I think when you look at Brissett, Heineke, Dalton, these guys facilitate the playmakers. And sometimes that's all you want from your veteran bridge quarterback. Speaking of bridge quarterback, City Bridgewater still out there. We'll see if he can land another job here. He's been the rotational guy every year somewhere, so we'll see where he ends up. But they moved on in Miami with Mike White. Carson Wentz, he's not that guy that you can just plug in as a backup, but he's still rumored to be the Chiefs backup there with uh, Chad Henney retiring, so something to look at there. Interesting that the Colts released Matt Ryan a day after they... Signed Taylor Heineke in Atlanta. So, let's see. I can see Matt Ryan hanging up. And the way I see Matt Ryan going, I think he was excellent on TV. He had a short stint there at the end of the season. I thought he's excellent. So, I think that's where he's going to end up here at some point. He's going to be a good uh, TV presence for sure. I think he's a sharp guy, speaks well, very good uh, quarterback, and pretty good career. I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer here. I mean, he was the MVP in 2016. So, I think it's over for Matt Ryan. Here in the NFL, and I think he can say I had a great career, and I did what I could, just fell short of a uh, Super Bowl, and uh, otherwise, uh, very good career for Matt Ryan as a first-round pick in 2008 there in that Joe Flacco draft. So not bad, Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan in the same draft. All right, now we go to another guy that's available, Cooper Rush. He's still out there, and I don't know where he's going to land, but maybe he goes to the Chargers, but they did bring back Easton Stick. They're in Los Angeles, so we'll see about uh, Chase Daniel returning, but Cooper Rush, that would make the most sense to have him go with Kellen Moore if some move happens. And finally, we'll get to the huge move on the offensive line. This is great for Joe Burrow. I didn't expect a big move like this. I didn't expect Orlando Brown to get to the market from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but it did happen here, so... Orlando Brown signs with the Bengals. They have a legitimate left tackle here to put in front of their franchise quarterback. They're going all in. This is it. I know they lost Devon Bell and Jesse Bates in free agency, but, man, I mean, their offense now is loaded. I could see them getting a tight end, whether it's uh, Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid in the first round, much like they got Tyler Eifert a few years ago. So I really love that potential here. Orlando Brown, they're going to keep Jamar Chase. Looks like they're to a long-term deal soon. They're going to keep T. Higgins, it looks like. Keep the corner attack with Tyler Boyd. Get that tight end. You got a great left tackle now. That's pretty solid. It's going to shore things up. Joe Burrow's going to get paid. So Bengals team, I think the way you look at the contracts, usually it's that second year where that uh, tough 
number comes in for a quarterback. So let's let's see how it plays out. But now everything's set up for them to lock up Joe Burrow with their team-friendly structured contract here. So at least they get uh, one year of cap relief to go after it here. So looking forward to that for sure. And Orlando Brown, great news for Joe Burrow. It's not going to keep him on the run as much and uh, be scattered in the pocket. So we love it. And that's the latest here in free agency related to fantasy football. Now we'll have more. Hopefully we'll get something to Lamar Jackson here by the end of the week, which is tomorrow. Soon we'll have to turn the page to things that are going on the draft and pro days and all that good stuff here. But free agency has been steadily busy here to change the fortunes of some teams. So after it's all said and done, we get quiet a little bit. We'll start looking at it by position. We'll recap all the moves there for you. So we're organizing uh, guys that are going up, stock watch up, down, and all that good stuff. So a lot of off-season scouting here for you on Lockdown Fantasy Football still yet to come. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And we'll have more analysis for you tomorrow. Now make your second listen to Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to draft, salary cap management, more. Join the NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like you'll get the show. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this is Vinny Iyer. See you next time with more Fantasy Football Breakdown.